The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then he said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come and his angels in his, with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. <clears throat> you duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. Jeremiah, of course, was called to be a prophet. And the Lord promised him that he would, God would always be with him and he would always be protected. And yet, at this point in time, he was experiencing terrible rejection, people ridiculing him, laughing at him, and punishing him. And so he cried out, you duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. Whenever I hear these, this reading or read it, I'm reminded when people ask me, when did you decide to become a priest? And my usual pat answer is, I'll let you know. When I went to the seminary, I don't think I really wanted to be a priest. I had <clears throat> had that notion from grade school. Of course, we had all nuns, and you couldn't hardly graduate without thinking you ought to be a priest. But I didn't want to go then. I went through high school, then to college, then the Navy, and then the idea was still lurking. So I really went to the seminary to get it out of my system to prove that I wasn't supposed to be a priest. And when I got to the seminary, <laughs> it was during Vatican II. Thing, things were really up for grabs. Many people were leaving or being kicked out. And I was told many times, you'll never make it. 
and you never want to tell me I can't do something because I'm going to try to prove you wrong. And so I stayed. And eventually, one day in 1969, I woke up and I was a priest. You duped me, O oh Lord, <laughs> and I let myself be duped. And what a gift God has given me over 50 years now. The, <clears throat> the Lord does that. He dupes us. Amen? Amen? When was the last time you felt duped by the Lord? You got married and all of a sudden things weren't going right. And you say, you duped me, O oh Lord. I thought marriage was supposed to make us happy, that, I, that she was going to make me happy or he was going to make me happy and find out it's the exact opposite. Parents, that first child and many after, how many times at night did you think or say, you duped me, oh Lord. <laughs> what have I gotten into? We wouldn't do most of what we do sometime, if we had a choice, right? The Lord has to dupe us. He has to feed us. And my gratitude to God is because as a priest, he's given me the perfect opportunity to fulfill the gospel of today. When Jesus tells us that if you want to be my follower, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow after me. What a gift. That's my job. <laughs> I've been able to do that. And the beauty of that is that it's in that, in denying ourselves and serving others, that we find the real meaning of our lives. Amen? Yeah. It's never about us. That's the message that we have to re realize. Life is not about me. I am here by God's grace to serve you. You are here by God's grace to serve your spouse, your children, your work. That's what gives meaning to our lives. Amen? Our problem in our world today, I think, is that we don't realize that. We're caught up, as Paul says in that uh, second reading, he says, don't, do not conform yourselves to this age. What Jesus is teaching is counterintuitive. The, this age tells us, it is about me. You can have it all. You can be happy. Wrong. We are all caught up in it, especially in, our, in this country, in our materialistic. If I just have more power, if I have more prestige, more recognition, if I just have more money or more things, I'll be happy. Right? Wrong. 
And I think that's why there's so much unhappiness in our lives and in the lives of others. That's why there's so, you know, we have so much and yet we're not satisfied. We're like every addict who wants more and more of what doesn't work. You duped me, O oh Lord, and I let myself be duped. Are we willing to recognize and allow God to get us into things that help us to discover what life is all about? You know, Jesus says, anyone who seeks his life will lose it. What does it profit a man? To gain the whole world. And we have people, relatively speaking, who've gained the whole world and are still longing for meaning and purpose in their lives. Those who lose their lives for my sake, who deny themselves, those who see their lives as for others, will find meaning. That's, as I say, the gift of the priesthood, but it's everybody's gift. We're all called to serve parents, husbands and wives, serving their spouse, children. What a gift they are to, again, <laughs> dupe us, to do what really means, what makes us have meaning in our lives, in our jobs. Are we able to connect with what I do and somehow serves the needs of others? Whether I'm sweeping streets or picking up trash or uh, uh, doing whatever I do to see that I am responding to the needs of others. Because that's the only satisfaction, only road to satisfaction that we find. I think the Lord is teaching us another lesson in this pandemic. Amen? We suddenly realize that we're not so significant. <laughs> that we're just as vulnerable as anybody and everybody else. As we hear over and over again, we're all in this together. The Lord is calling us then to a different response. To be more focused on the needs of others than our own needs. And I think the Lord's <clears throat> going to call on us a lot more. Demanding, duping us that we are going to have to make greater sacrifices for the, our brothers and sisters, especially around the world. I read in America Magazine this week, it was rather discouraging or depressing, the, the food scarcity in the world of the third world countries. People are barely having enough to survive and it's only going to get worse. And we can't just sit here at home and say, isn't that awful? Are we not called to respond, to share, to sacrifice, to deny ourselves? And to give 
to those who can help. I've been here in the past many times speaking about Catholic Relief Services. I'm not here for that purpose today. But Catholic Relief Services is there in all of these countries responding to these tremendous need. So if we want to respond now, that's an avenue available. Go to crs.org, make a contribution, make a, a commitment, even a, a monthly commitment, to enable them to do what we are unable to do ourselves. It's going to be very bad. And I think the Lord is again telling us, it's not about you, it's not about me. It's about us and our response. You know, we operate, I'm afraid, out of a, a mentality of what is called scarcity. There's only so much to go around, right? No. So much to go around that I have to get mine. <laughs> and I have to provide for me. And I have to have so much in reserve just in case. The other approach is the theory of abundance. That God has created a world that is full of all that we need. And that the more we give, the more we share, the more there is. And so the Lord is calling us. He's duped us, put us in a situation where we're going to have to do what we wouldn't otherwise do. But in doing so, we're going to find the meaning of our lives, why we're here, and how much God loves us as he does our brothers and sisters. You duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. Thank you, Lord.